But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Bill Higgins has seen the highest highs and the lowest lows, but he's faced it all with a never-quit never attitude. You might as well strike out swinging because you ain't going to hit a home run if you don't swing, and you're not even going to have a chance at it if you don't step up to the plate. He wants to help you overcome whatever adversity you are dealing with in your own life. There are no limits to what your dreams can be. By sharing stories of redemption and strategies on living the best life you can live. Are you looking for some motivation and inspiration to get you on the path to success? Quitting is a learned behavior, not a natural behavior. Our natural instinct is to not quit. But we learn to quit because people talk us out of our dreams. You've come to the right place. These are the Comeback Chronicles. Welcome back to the Comeback Chronicles. Welcome back all you comebackers and never quitters. This is Bill Higgins coming to you from my bunker practicing social distancing and quarantining. No mask today because I'm in my bunker. Not necessary. Um, so today I want to talk to you about one of my favorite shows of all time. It's been a week since the finale of Survivor Winners at War. Uh, anybody out there who listens to this podcast and also watches Survivor, I definitely think you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, anybody out there who doesn't normally listen to this podcast but found it because uh, you're a fan of Survivor, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. And uh, anybody who listens to the podcast but doesn't watch Survivor, I hope by the end of this podcast uh, I turn you on to the show and you check it out for the next season. So... Winners at War, what that was, was the culmination of the last 40 seasons of Survivor, uh, and they put together 20 winners, and they all competed for the title of the best of the best, so to speak. And as I watched it, you know, it kind of dawned on me, there are a lot of things that I've taken from Survivor over the last 40 seasons. Now, when I say 40 seasons, it's, it's been on for 20 years. They have two seasons a year. Um, and I've taken a lot of things from it. There's been a lot of lessons I've learned and things that I think I want to impart to my audience, uh, share with you. And uh, if you have some to add to the list, feel free to uh, post them in the comments or um, share them with me and I'll, I'll uh, get them out to the audience. But what I'm going to call this is 13 Lessons from Survivor. <clears throat> now, the first three lessons I want to talk about uh, really relate to the show in total, not so much the, uh, the last uh, season. But uh, Tony Robbins talks a lot about the human need for both consistency and uncertainty. We need both in our lives. And it sounds like a dichotomy uh, that would be mutually exclusive, but it's really not when you think about it. We all need consistency and uncertainty in our lives. So uh, Survivor has provided both of those things. What that really means is you need to know that things are going to happen a certain way, but you also have to have some uncertainty in how they're going to unfold. Uh, I'm reminded of an episode of The Twilight Zone where a guy uh, makes a wish and he's a big gambler and he wishes that whenever he goes to the casino, he wins. And throughout the episode, you know, he's going to the casino, he's winning, he's winning, he's winning, and it's not fun anymore. You know, without that chance of loss, the fun is gone. 
All right. So that's where we need that uncertainty in our lives. Uh, I was listening to uh, the Steve Jobs biography on an audiobook recently. And when he talks about the development of the iPod Shuffle, <clears throat> he talks about that issue as well. Um, the iPod Shuffle, you pick all the songs that you love, all right? Maybe 100, 200, could be a couple thousand songs. You put them in your iPod Shuffle. But when you hit Shuffle, you don't know what song is going to be next. You know you like it, the consistency, but you don't know exactly which song it's going to be, the uncertainty. And that's what we need in our lives, consistency and uncertainty. And survivors provided that. So the first two lessons that I you know, learned from Survivor is that the show provides both change, uncertainty, as well as consistency. When you watch the show, there are certain elements that just aren't going to change. You know, there's going to be a tribal council. There's going to be competitions. There's going to be a winner. Um, there's going to be drama. There's going to be all these things. But each year, they add other elements. If you watch from the beginning, they had no, no such thing as a hidden immunity idol, okay? Uh, when you went to tribal council, you were getting voted off if you didn't win what's called individual immunity, right? But then they started this thing with hidden immunity idols. You could find an idol, surprise somebody. They were going to vote you out. You could pull the surprise and stay in the game. So hidden immunity idols were added to the game. And then they put variations on them, you know, how you could play them, um, different powers that they would have. Um, the, you know, so there's always been this consistency to the show, but that level of uncertainty, that change that keeps it interesting. Like I said, uh, this is a big thing that Tony Robbins talks about that need for both consistency and uncertainty in our lives and survivor provides both of those things. The third thing, uh, that survivor has showed me, shown me is how important it is to never get too big for your britches, right? So Jeff Probst. Um, here's a guy, he started his career on VH1, he had a show, I think it was called Rock and Roll Jeopardy, and he got this position to be the host, uh, the moderator for Survivor. 40 seasons in, he's still the host. He is still the guy, he makes the show. And I'm reminded of like guys like Simon Cowell, who had the, you know this great show that everybody loves, American Idol. It was much watched, must-see TV, right? Everybody watched it. And slowly, Simon Cowell got a little too big for himself. He wanted more money. He wanted more stardom. He wanted to go start something on his own, The X Factor, I think is what it was called. And it never was as big as American Idol was in the beginning. He got too big for himself. It happens all the time. Uh, you see it. I remember um, David Caruso. Uh, he, had a, a, he was a CSI. Um, he was on that show. And he thought he was better than that. He needed more money, more of this. So they just switched it out, right? They put somebody else on there, and the show was just as successful without him. So it's not always um, best to, to let these things go to your head, right? Jeff Probst has shown that. He has been extremely successful staying with something that he was good at. He didn't let it go to his head. He didn't demand more money. I'm sure he's paid very well. But he didn't. He didn't tell the you know the producers of Survivor. I'm bigger than this show. You know he is the show. He knows that, but he stays with it. So never never get too big for yourself that you forget where you came from. You see this all the time with bands, right? Uh, the lead singer of the band thinks he's bigger than the band, so he leaves the band to go off on off on his own, and it never works out. Look at the Beatles. All right. N no disrespect to Paul McCartney, but the best years of Paul McCartney part. Paul McCartney, or when he was a Beatle, right? So, and that's just one more example. So, be careful about getting too big for yourself. You know, 
there's nothing wrong with being the best at what you are, where you're at, right? Um, the next lesson you learn from Survivor is friendship. Friendships have been extremely important on this show. Uh, some of the friendships have been so big, like Rob and Amber. They got married and they have kids together, right? They met on Survivor. Um, Wendell and Michelle, it turned out on uh, Winners at War that Wendell and Michelle had dated. They got together and dated before they came back on the show. That friendship pay, played a role in this season of Survivor. But really, Tony and Sarah. Tony, who ended up ultimately being the winner of Survivor. show's been over for a week now. I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, Tony formed this bond with Sarah. They, they Apparently, they're both police officers. Uh, they're obviously both on Survivor, both winners of Survivor. And they built this friendship. Um, they developed this friendship. It poured into the show, and it really helped them both get all the way to the end. Um, there was another scene uh, in this season of Survivor where Ben actually put friendships above $2 million. He realized he was probably getting voted out. He realized he was probably going home. So he told Sarah, who he had been in an alliance with all along, that so that she didn't have to look like she was carried to the end, she could cast a vote to vote him out. You know, he actually sort of fell on his sword and told somebody to help them further their game out of friendship. He would let them do that. Didn't hold her to her promise to never vote against them. You know, that's real friendship, and that's things. That's something that's really developed on this show. Just reminds you, even though it's a TV show for entertainment purposes, the importance of friendships. Good friends are hard to find. When you find them, hold on to them. Planning. Planning, planning, planning. This show is all about planning. You have to have a plan. Um, they always say those who plan, those who fail to plan are really planning to fail. That could never be more true than on Survivor. When people get to that, you know, they, they have to plan two, three, four moves ahead. If I do this, what's going to happen next? And the whole while, you got to be planning that you're voting people out of the game that are ultimately going to be on the jury that might vote you out at the end. So you have to get rid of them in such a way that you don't do, have so much blood on your hands that they come after you at the end. Um, th I think that's a little different in a season like this one where they're all um, re return players because they've been in that situation and they have respect for the game, which is one of the things I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But the number five thing that we learn from Survivor is the importance of planning. Number six, trust. Trust. You have to have people in your life that you can trust. No man is an island, all right? You have to trust somebody, and you have to have, make sure that you can be trusted by that same person. Sandra, twice one survivor, okay? She didn't win because she was well-liked or well-trusted or trusted anyone else, and it cost her this time around. Um, she never formed those bonds of trust, okay? Um, she won the last two times she won. She won by being sneaky and conniving. Well, it finally caught up to her uh, this season. And uh, she re reached out at the last minute to extend a false um, branch of trust uh, to Denise. And Denise stabbed her in the back with it. You know, she couldn't trust Denise. Denise couldn't trust her. Sandra had a bad reputation for being trusted. Okay. She didn't trust anybody. In fact, she said it. I don't trust anybody. Well, at the end of the day, although she won twice, uh, you really can't get far in Survivor or the game of life without trusting somebody and making sure that people can trust you. The number seven thing, communication. Communication is always critical, always. 
I can't tell you how many times I've said to people, listen, I don't care what's wrong. You just got to tell me what's going on. I have, I have apartments and, you know, I have tenants that, you know, something comes up, they can't pay the rent. You know, I get very frustrated when they don't tell me until after the rent was due. If you see a problem on the horizon and you could, you know, tell me about it in advance, we can work something out. Communication is key. In Survivor, communication is key. Um, they have to all be on the same page at Tribal Council. They have these conversations and they talk, but at some point there has to be some final, okay, this is what we're doing. Communicate that to everybody. Make sure they get in there and do it. And the one thing you find out on Survivor is if you are not in the conversation, you are the conversation. And that's not a good thing. That means you're probably getting voted out. But uh, communication is absolutely critical, and you see that time and again on Survivor. Number eight, winning is always entertaining. Competition itself is always entertaining. The idea of the underdog winning is always entertaining. Um, this episode of Survivor, Natalie was the first one voted out. The first one voted out. They sent her to Extinction Island where she had to fend for herself, not be part of the game for the entire season. Okay, She gets voted out on day one for 39 days. She's on Extinction Island. She worked her way back into the game. There was a twist this year that you could get voted out and work your way back in the game. In fact, they allowed it to happen twice. Uh, they allowed somebody to play back in, and then they allowed um, Natalie to play back into the game. She hung in there. She knew that that opportunity was going to present itself, and she set herself up for it all along. You know, staying healthy, staying fit. Um, they had these um, uh, coins that you could accumulate to buy things. Um, and do damage to people while they were still in the game. She did all those things, and they set her. They, she set herself up to be in a great position to win. She was actually able, although being the first one voted out, she was sitting at the table at the final tribal council with a chance to win by playing back into the game, working hard, and just winning. Winning is entertaining. Okay, people love entertaining. Unfortunately, doing uh, due to what's going on right now, we don't have the thrill of sports in our lives. Survivor provided me with that thrill uh, for about six, eight weeks or however long the season was um, and uh, helped us through the quarantine, especially that final episode. So winning is always entertaining. Competition is always entertaining. Number nine, information is powerful. The most powerful thing we can have in this world is information. Gordon Gecko says that in Wall Street, right? The power of information. Tony uh, who ended up winning, uh, set up what he called a spy tree. And he <laughs> he got into a tree, set up a little nest in this tree where he could hide. And when people came to the well to get water, he was able to uh, overhear their conversations and use that information to further his game. Information is powerful. Accurate information is powerful. Um, and Tony made sure he had accurate information because he was eavesdropping on conversations. Was it dirty? I don't know. I mean, it's part of the game. He wasn't in a place where he wasn't allowed to be. Uh, the people that were there, they I guess they didn't do a good enough job in making sure nobody was listening to their conversation. Uh, it was all part of the game. But Tony proved that information is powerful. It's powerful in everything that we do. So whatever you're doing in life, do not shun away from getting more information. The more information you can have, the better. I'm in sales. All right. One of the first things that we do when we talk to a customer is get information. You know, why are you looking for this product? How will this product help you? What are your long-term plans? And that way, when I go to sell the product, I can fill in those blanks. Okay, you said you were looking for this. This 
product provides what you're looking for. Okay, um, you said you were going to be here for a long time. I'm offering a lifetime warranty on this product. You know that is important. Information is critical. When I was trying cases, all right, when I'm in court, I had to have as much information as I could to know what was going to happen next. What was this defendant going to say on the stand? What was the witness going to stay on the, say on the stand? What did they say on prior occasions? How could I confront them with that so that um, if they say something different, I can let the jury know that's not always been their position. That's not what they said in a prior proceeding, things like that. So information is critical. Tony, who ultimately ended up being the winner, had the most information of every contestant on the show this year. Information is powerful. Number 10, leaders will always rise to the top. When you have all the best together, the best of the best will still elevate and rise to the top. Um, uh, this is going to be the topic for a future episode of the podcast, but the last dance right now with Michael Jordan, it's being uh, shown on ESPN. In fact, it just uh, wrapped up this week. Michael Jordan. He is playing among the greatest basketball players in the world. Okay, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley. Um, he, you know, just time and time again, he is on the floor with Magic Johnson. All right, um, you know, he is just playing time and time again with the greatest players in the world. But he he is the best, and he always came out on top. The best of the best will always surface to the top. And in this game, that person was Tony. All right, Tony was the very best among the best, and he he rose to the top. Um, those who those who in prior seasons sort of coasted to the end, rode somebody else's coattails. Coattails. They were exposed this year. Okay, they weren't able to do it as well because the rise, the winners will rise to the top. The best of the best will always um, prevail. Respect for the game. This is number eleven. It is important that people play the game, respect the game. Rob Mariano is the greatest example of this. This guy met his wife on the game, all right? Uh, he's been back four times. He was actually on another season where he coached a team. Uh, that was the twist that year that each team had a coach. Um, Rob Mariano has made Survivor's life, but he has great respect for the game, okay? They, a lot of times in this game, um, people don't vote for the best person because they're mad at them, all right? Um, Russell Hance was a great example of this. He did a great job. He played a great game every time. But I think twice he finished second because he just made so many people mad along the way. They couldn't get that over it. They couldn't put that emotion aside. And even though he was the best, they wouldn't vote for him. I believe had Rob Mariano been on those seasons, he would have voted for Russell Hance to win because he would have respected his game. Okay? Um, Rob Mariano, great respect for the game. Tyson had great respect for the game. Parvati, Natalie, Tony, all these people have great respect for the game. And I knew that this season, more than any other, that if somebody coasted to the end, which with all due respect to Michelle, who was at the final tribal council, in many ways you could argue she coasted to the end, um, that wasn't going to happen this season. This year, the best player was going to win because all the people that played the game before had the respect for the game and they were going to select the winner. So the 11th lesson that I learned was respect your profession, respect what you do, respect the game. You know, just have respect for what you're a part of. Okay. Number 12, the importance of family. Okay. Every season on Survivor, they have an episode where they bring back family. And they're great episodes. Um, you know, it's, it's always emotional. These people have been away from their family for, you know, 30 days, um, maybe even longer by the time they prep and get there. 
and they miss them and there's a lot going on and they don't have any communication there's no cell phones there's no email there's no way to communicate with them um this season was incredibly powerful when the families came back when all those families got together uh and they embraced each other um it was it brought a tear to your eye i'm not gonna lie you know i cried when that happened it was it was a very real powerful emotional thing so uh what, what does that tell you family is important you know i have been through a lot but i would not have survived it without my family without those people who and when i say family i'm including those close friends that are there with you through thick and thin uh the importance of family cannot be overstated and if you are in the middle of a crisis coming out of a crisis or going into a crisis look to your family for support um there is we all need our family we all need those people that know us better than anybody else and number 13 i believe survivor is the greatest show of all time it has absolutely everything competition triumph defeat redemption inspiration emotion empathy motivation endurance drama laughter uh it has it all, and it's all very real and unfolding right before your eyes. If you haven't watched this show, I feel for you. The only good thing I could say to you is if you get the CBS uh, All Access app, you can watch 40 seasons of Survivor f- for the first time, and I'm jealous of you there because usually at the end of Survivor, uh, the, the finale, they talk about what they're going to do next, where they're going to go next, the twist for the next um, season. And because of the, the COVID-19, uh, the quarantine, etc., they weren't, they weren't able to film another episode. Usually they're filming a season while the current season is, is being aired, and they weren't able to do that. So I think for the first time in the last 20 years, there is not footage of a recorded season of Survivor waiting to be edited and put on the air for us. And uh, that's a shame, but I am confident that Survivor will come back bigger and badder than ever. Jeff Probst will be there because he doesn't get too big for his head, and um, you know I'll be sitting in front of the TV and, and enjoying it. I'm not going to say I watched every season of Survivor, but of the 40, I'm sure I've watched 35. Uh, there were times where just uh, I missed the first couple episodes and didn't get into it, and I kind of regret that. I may pull up the CBS app and see which seasons I missed so that I could go back and watch those. So anyway, uh, Survivor, it's a great show but for all the reasons I stated. It's a show that's well-suited for discussion on the Comeback Chronicles, and uh, if, you, if, you, if there's anything I missed, another lesson that you've learned for Survivor or something you agree with or disagree with, you know, put it in the comments below. Um, get in touch with me. Let's talk about it. I love Survivor. I love Jeff Propes. And uh, I want to reach out right now and personally congratulate uh, Tony Velachos on a successful season, a big win, uh, that $2 million paycheck. That's a nice uh, addition to the $1 million, uh, you won the first time uh, you were victorious on Survivor. Thank you for the entertainment. Thank you for everything this show has brought to me and uh, my family. Amy and I enjoy watching the show. We watch it together faithfully. So, um, look forward to coming back here for another episode of the Comeback Chronicles. But in the meantime, don't forget, never surrender, never give up, never quit. Tomorrow isn't promised, but today is. Get out there and make the very best of it. Your best days lie ahead of you. Thanks for listening to the Comeback Chronicles. 
If Bill has motivated and inspired you today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Comeback Chronicles. If you want to book Bill as a speaker for your organization, email him at bill at billhigginsjr.net. Hope you'll come back for more inspiration from The Comeback Chronicles.